0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I'm Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Barton, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for Rice Sports News and Analysis. Um, hey, uh, Rice is 1-0 in conference play. How about that?
1: Hey, how about two consecutive weeks breaking down a win? Yeah, it's exciting. Haven't done this in a while. I, you know, but the last time they, uh, they did a, win a, a conference game. They went on to win a couple, right? Or am I mixing my years? Uh, Carter, I was told that COVID would, you know, be over and my sense of time would come back, but it didn't. Yeah. But no, Rice alternated their conference wins last year. They did disregard at home. S- at home, conference <laughs> last conference win at home. There we go.
0: Yeah. Um. So far as I can tell, this is the first time Rice has won its first conference game since 2015.
1: Yeah, I believe that's correct because they had, I think either Rice put out the stat or or someone else did, but it's it's been a while, <laughs> um, and uh, the the first time they've won consecutive weeks at home. This is a fun fact since 2010 yeesh um of course that required playing two consecutive weeks at home and winning right games so i was gonna say like um
0: th- there's a 10 win season in there and they didn't uh win consecutive not
1: in back-to-back weeks at home yeah either. so wow
0: oh, they only played one one two three four
1: five
0: yeah huh
1: Kind of strange, huh?
0: Yeah, that's weird. Because, like, it'd be one thing if, it, if you know, if you told me that stretch back to, like, 2015 or so, because obviously that's not a great stretch. But, like, uh, going back to 2010 without conse- home wins in consecutive weeks is, like, there's three very good seasons in there. And, you know, a couple more that were, like, four and five win seasons.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, I think, I'm going to say 50% of that is just the weird statistical oddity
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's definitely one of those quirks of being in cusa and you're you're gonna have a lot of your non-conference games that are not at home but
1: yeah because that odd like late november non-conference game scattered in there that has kind of been right on and off Uh, although not this year this year it's just a, a straight shot of conference usa Gotta take it all in for as long as (laughs) as rice gets to indulge. (laughs) Gets to USA fever. Yeah. Is that the proper word? (laughs) Has to (laughs) is I don't know. But you know, I think it's interesting if we we kind of I'm I'm trying to reorient us as we go back all the way to early September and projecting get to the bye week at Our hopeful situation, I think, was three and two. And our pessimistic situation was two and three. And you enter the bye week two and three. There we go. So maybe the lower end of the the range. But shoot, it's better to be on the lower end of the range at two and three than one of four. Or worse. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, this was always kind of. Probably the most likely scenario, right? And to get here, you know, after all of the wailing and teeth gnashing after the 0-3 start, um, you know, here we are, 2-3, and three, going into a bye week with a chance to get healthy. Um, and uh, obviously the meat of the schedule starts here, but you go into it with, I feel like a broken record here, but you go into it with everything ahead of you and uh, playing pretty decently. So
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think that's kind of what we need to uh, kind of piece together here, because if we're just going by numbers alone, uh, the offensive production against Southern Miss was, was literally half what they were able to do against Texas Southern. (laughs) And the defensive production was 50% better than what they were able to do more or less against, against Texas Southern. So yeah, Maybe the offense came back to earth a little bit and the defense uh, stepped up. Which side uh, Which side do we want to kick off our recap with?
0: You know, it's funny. I Like, I'm not sure I have one that I really feel like talking about more because they kind of did the same thing, right? They were both um, not as impressive or as good as they could have been and definitely had frustrating moments. But they also both very much, like, made the plays that they needed to in all the right situations. So, uh I don't know. I guess we can start with the offense. Obviously, it's much tougher sledding against uh, a, an actual FBS team than one of the worst teams in FCS. And, again, the rushing performance not great it was not great. That continues to be a concern for this team. It was at least, you know, we said... Southern Miss had been very difficult to run on by teams not named Alabama. And the rushing performance was not good, but it wasn't horrid. I don't know. Yeah, it was
1: interesting. 3.6 yards per carry, which if you're comparing that to how Rice has done so far, uh, it was 2.1 and 3.5 against Houston, or sorry, 2.1 against Arkansas, 3.5 against Houston. Uh, 4.5 at Texas and 6.7 versus Texas Southern. So the 3.6 uh, is right in the middle. What did you think about the, maybe the the game plan, if, if that's the right thing to call it about the run game here? Because I noticed particularly early on, uh, there were some third and shorts that in the past, and maybe this is thinking too meta-narrative here, but I, I kind of thought we might have seen a run play. Um, And I noticed several opportunities on short yardage where they put the ball in Jake Constantine's hands and they kind of let him let him go with it. Yeah, I
0: thought it was interesting. Um, you know, on the one hand, I'm sort of encouraged by that because I think at this point we have to face the idea that probably this is just not going to be a team that really moves people up front and can kind of build itself around a run game, uh, the way maybe coach Bloomgrim would like to, um, which I think that's a positive sign because I think in the past rice has often been a little too content to just sort of bang its head against the wall when things have not been working on that front. Um, so an increasing realization that, Hey, you've got this quarterback, Jay Constantine, who is efficient, um, you know, 16 to 22 for, uh, 8.7 yards a pop, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Like that's, that's like what we want. Like that's, that's great. Like give me that all day. Um, and he consistently is accurate in the kind of underneath stuff that will be available for rice all day. Uh, which it's, uh, <laughs> amazing that that's something to celebrate that rice hasn't consistently <laughs> had quarterbacks that could hit that. But like, There is something to be said for just, like, taking the yards that are there. And it helps your offense function a lot. So I love that they're willing to go to that. And that they're starting to realize that maybe that's just how the offense kind of needs to run. But also, I don't know. Again, it's... We've talked about this before. Like, they're usually pretty good at converting those, like, second and third and shorts. um, Where, you know, you can just... Because, like... I don't know. If you get a whole bunch of bodies out there, it's not too difficult to get just, like, one yard. Like, there was one sequence where they got a second and one, and they took a shot on second. Well, second and one is, a like, the perfect down to take a shot on. So I love that. Right. Like, great just, just fine with it. But then they tried to throw it again on third and one, and I was just like, I don't... I, I would just try to take the first down right there, but... Even if I had quibbles with individual calls, I don't hate the philosophy of moving to a place of realizing that you probably just need to build this offense, at least for now. Um, hopefully you get August Pete back in two weeks and and fingers crossed Brad Rosner back at some point in the season, and maybe you can get a little little more vertical there. And also, I guess as Trey Patterson, you know, continues to grow his role. But um, I'm okay with just realizing that the best offensive identity for this team is kind of a short passing game um with with constantine taking what's available with guys like you know Patterson and and Jake Bailey just like getting open
1: but yeah i think i think it was part of, and then uh i think another part was maybe just a, a sensitivity and awareness of how good this southern miss front 7 is it does right. your if if you are you know say you i mean Historically, it's like Rice is batting forty percent ish um, on third down. Say that goes up to fifty percent on third and three or less on a run. Uh, if 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 they're cognizant that you know a third it, the fifty percent drops to a thirty percent against Southern Miss, why why not? You know, weight our ratio of pass to rush um, a little bit higher. I thought it was interesting yeah. just looking at the numbers. Uh, it looks like uh, eleven pass attempts on third down. Uh, and five rush attempts on, on third down. Now they had a they had seven third and shorts so of 4 yards or less. Um so and then they had a, a one of those was like a a draw by Ari Broussard who gained like 16 on a third and 20 or something like that at the end yeah. of the game. Um so yeah, it was weighted even in the the shorter down and distance. It was more passing than I I remember in recent history.
0: Yeah. And I'm fine. With, like, especially on like a third and medium ish, if you're in like a third and three or a third and four, um, if your opponent has a great run defense, I think that's a spot where you can get yourself into trouble just by saying, like, oh, we'll just pick up the three yards here. Um, so I love, you know, turning to the like, uh, like, Jake Bailey led passing game on third and four because like that's where a dude like Bailey is going to make his money, you know, like just just getting open right past the six there. But um, yeah, I am I, I was fine in the past with the uh, bringing all the big bodies in on on third and one. So
1: I don't want. I don't think they're done with that. <laughs> no,
0: definitely not. Um, but yeah, I, I generally felt positive about sort of the play calling and the game plan as a whole still some sort of predictable run, run, pass sequences, but, uh, I don't think we're ever going to get that totally out of the DNA of this staff, but, um,
1: and they did have, cause there was one that I recall. And part of what I think maybe, maybe colored how we view the offensive performance from this game is that there was that sequence where they go down, uh, first, uh, possession of the game and they put one in the end zone and that's what they're supposed to be doing. Six plays, 74 yard touchdown drive. That was great. Yeah, pretty nice. And then the next three possessions uh, were all three and outs uh, and they weren't all run, run pass, um, but they just the kind of the the mojo maybe that we might have thought that they were carrying over from the Texas Southern game just kind of dissipated. Um, yeah. And that was the point where it kind of. And, and and i and i wonder if you if you sneak a field goal drive in there in between um shoot if you do that and uh the uh the kick return doesn't happen uh then you're looking at a what is that a twenty to twenty to seven game and then you yeah. go and score another touchdown and it's twenty seven to seven um all of a sudden i feel like if it's a if 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 we just add sneak one field goal in there and Eliminated a special teams breakdown. Then you said, man, it's 27-7 in the middle of the third quarter, and I feel like we feel much better about the offense. Yeah. Uh, and maybe well, that's I'm, just analyzing it. but
0: And they really weren't, like – they weren't, like, hapless. Like, they – like, if you do the math on the yards per play, uh, like, I, I sort of felt like coming out of this one, just the impression I had of the game that – um Rice kind of like got outplayed in sort of the standard run of play, like down to down, and then just sort of like made the big plays that were there in terms of especially the interceptions to uh, keep the game together. But if you do the math on like the yards per play, like it was basically dead even. Like I think Rice was at about uh, 5.5 yards per play and Southern Miss was at 5.6. So um, you had two teams that, Were basically, even on a play-for-play basis, uh, both had big plays outside the X's and O's Rice with the interceptions, Southern Miss with the special teams, and uh, the one that made slightly more of those plays came out ahead. Like, I think this game kind of played out like the stats expected to. One thing I do want to highlight here, 8 of 16 on third down for the Rice
1: offense. That's very nice to see. 50%. That's not something... When's the last time Rice has gotten that high? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It
0: turns out having a quarterback who can hit the open stuff, uh, you know, in the like five to 10 yard range uh, makes a big difference in converting thirds downs. Yeah. And,
1: would have guessed? And, right. And, and two consecutive games now where, where Jake Constantine has been better than 70 percent, which like. That sounds good, but if you look historically at what Rice has been dealing with, this has been an offense that has flirted around the 50% range. Yeah. Like, yeah. Almost exclusively. Uh they got oh, the last time that Rice got over 50% on third down, uh, you got to go the way all the way back to Southern Miss in 2020 where they converted 60%. <laughs> and lo and behold, <laughs> they won that game in a runaway fashion.
0: <laughs>
1: I deeply uh, enjoy that like UTEP 2019 also ran that by multiple scores. (laughs) Um,
0: I love that UTSA
1: 2019, 64% on third down, and they did not. Somehow they found a way to lose that game. That was painful. Um, The
0: team that Rice gets this uh, two-game win streak going against uh, over the last two years um, is one of those. I've talked a lot about how there are Far too many fan bases in CUSA that are far too proud for what they are, what they <laughs> are, not what they were. Um, I do love against one of those, the biggest one of those fan bases in Southern Miss that just cannot seem to accept that it is 2021 and not 1992 um, to get a two game win streak against them is very, very
1: nice. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something like for every Jeff trailer there is that, comes in, takes over a program and turns them into a 10 win juggernaut. And maybe that's yeah. too strong of a word. Uh, there's 47 not Jeff trailers.
0: Yeah. And and even like, I don't know. I, I thought Will Hall was a great hire for them and he may end up doing a great job there, but like most of the time
1: it takes more than one season to kind of get things going. Yeah. So, especially with the roster that was left over after hop left. Like yeah. that was it. I mean, we saw it on the field that there was a, Harold, who had the the kick return and the the onside kick recovery, I guess we we have to spend some time on special teams. Um, so he was a plus. But other than that, like Frank Gore Jr., who was kind of he had some moments, but he was kind of mitigated. Um, I don't think there was anybody. Uh, some guys in the front seven, I think, had a pretty nice night for Southern Miss. The secondary uh, ended up being the guys who had to make some tackles, but. Nobody really made any huge plays that were that impressive. Um, you no, know, there's a bunch of guys, yeah. Um, I mean, which we can say after, after Reich won, but <laughs> it's always um, easier that way, right? Yeah, uh, but so
0: special, I guess that's an natural...
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, do we have to? Um, um Somebody think...
1: texted me during the game and said, does Rice miss Drew Sabota?
0: I think that was me. Was that you? Yeah. They're all running together.
1: <laughs> or maybe he's not. To, I, my, I remember my response was 100%. Um, because he's now coaching in Alabama. So clearly he did something yeah. right. And not like the uh, training school for coaches. He's an on-field tight ends coach yeah, at Alabama. No, he's,
0: he's not one of the um, the myriad analysts. Um. So yeah, special teams not great. Uh, you, I, I I guess I won't harp too much on. Uh, I don't know, giving up a surprise onside kick like that happens, I guess. But
1: yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too peeved about it in part because, um, I think in the flow of the game. I don't know. I didn't. It didn't feel like Southern Miss was that far out of it that they would be that desperate. Um, yeah. Like, I, f- I felt like there was still enough time at that point where, you know, you put a couple stops together against an offense that, you know, wasn't prolific by any means. Um, and you can get back into it. So I I think it was maybe maybe part of it because it was early. It caught me off guard. And then the kick itself there's about, what, 400 different ways you can execute an onside kick. Right. Uh, and this one was one of the ones that it's it's drilled towards the sideline intentionally to the point where it's going to go out of bounds if you don't streak down the sideline and get there at the exact right moment. And that's kind of what happened. And kudos to Southern Miss for converting a low percentage play. Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things, again, if context was not how much struggles the special teams had been having, you kind of would have been annoyed by that play and not irate, um, but it just kind of compounded what has been um, across the board. A lot of failures um, had the uh, just last week, the snap on the extra point. Uh, Ended up being an issue Uh, you had. So that's the the kicking game. Uh, You've had a couple kicks blocked, uh, which have been issues. You've had now a kickoff return for a touchdown. You've had an onside kick recovery. Uh, You know, one or two of these things would be bad luck. The fact that all of these are occurring week after week. Um, Right. One of the special teams, Rice was a top Uh, Like ten or fifteen special teams efficiency team, the first couple of years uh, of it it had been a consistent
0: strength. Like
1: it helps when you have Jack Fox, who's now kicking in the NFL. (laughs) But it wasn't just Jack Fox; the coverage teams were really good. And I don't know. Like I had people tweeting and texting me that Des Baker was hold on the kick return and he might have been i didn't see i mean
0: probably he was knew, but that right. happens every time
1: right it it's just and i at this point i don't even i think we saw enough from the offense and now from the defense that I, rice has gotten to a point of either talent or coaching or or both that they're capable of winning an ugly football game um i don't like I, we were talking after the game that neither of us felt like over the moon. <laughs> like it was kind of gross. Um, the win at least, but it was a win. Uh, but the special teams has to be at least adequate because yeah. if they do this next time out against UTSA, it, <laughs> like Southern Miss recovered the onside and then ended up in like third and 26 because, you had a third-string quarterback and a bad offense.
0: Yeah, no, that's not happening against uh, against the roadrunners. Um, I will say, though, that it, you know... How often... It's been far more common over the last few years that Rice has lost games that they should have won than won games they should have lost. And I'm not saying they should have lost this game. Like I said, I think if you look at the run of play, it was probably pretty even. But... um uh, winning ugly can counts the same as winning pretty so um i'm I'm certainly not going to dog this one too much
1: yeah and I think just from from watching it I, I think the a lot of the numbers lined up but uh you know the the defensive performance that rice had uh particularly in the second half down the stretch uh, you kind of had that feeling of that the, the 2020 defense where the offense would have just enough to get going and they would hand the ball over to the defense and say, Hey, stop them. And they did nine tackles for a loss in this game.
0: Yeah. Um, five sacks.
1: Yeah. Five, five sacks by a handful of different guys. And to the point that the, the times that the quarterback wasn't sacked, he threw up balls and, There was one interception by I think it was Antonio Montero's uh, where he jumped a route and, you know, knew where he was supposed to be and got in the way. But the other three interceptions were ducks just thrown up into the sky, which is what happens when you have a quarterback that is just trying to get the ball out, even though he probably shouldn't and kudos the, the secondary for stepping under those those still count uh but yeah yep. the the pass rush mm-hmm. you know the the montero interception i give the credit it, almost solely like to him the pass rush obviously helped the quarterback was rattled um but the front the front 7 was the difference maker down the stretch in this game
0: yeah and i mean it's funny cuz I don't know, I felt like things tightened up and got nervous in the second half, but, like, looking at the drive chart now, I think Southern Miss had, uh, if I can do the math real quick here, like, 110, 120 yards of offense total in the second half. So, like, despite the fact that the score got closer, like, the the defense really, like, tightened up.
1: Yeah, 153 half. total yards in the second half. Uh, they averaged negative uh, point two uh, yards per carry. That'll do it. Which, of course, you get you get sacks factored in there. But right, two of seven on third down for Southern Miss in the second half. Uh, average yards per play dropped from six point four to four point eight, um, and and. I think it was particularly telling because the the offensive touchdown that actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the only offensive touchdown that Southern Miss scored came on a busted coverage um, where the corner came down and thought he had safety help. And the safety was already down covering somebody else across the middle. And it was just a walk in score. Yeah, that um, t- it was only one
0: yeah. offensive touchdown, wasn't it? That's kind of crazy.
1: Right, because through the first half, and I, I guess that that kind of also paralleled with lots of three and outs, so we saw a lot of the southern yeah. offense um it maybe wasn't as encouraging of a defensive performance maybe as we might have hoped um and then you know that's it the the one busted coverage um which can't be happening anymore. I thought we were supposed to be over that. <laughs> We've kind of talked through that in recent weeks yeah. but if that if that was the one issue. But also, um, if it
0: happens once per game, like I, I think any coach worth his salt in college football would, you say, okay, you get one broken coverage a game, like it's not always going to result in the touchdown. So, like, and the
1: other guy still has to hit it.
0: Yep. Um, and hey, if your pa- if your pass rush is good enough, it may not matter. So, um, yeah, n- nobody's feeling like Rice is about to reel off eight straight wins and or seven straight wins and and dominate cusa right now but um i I don't think there's any reason to be like rice stole one here or like there aren't positive signs there aren't plenty of positive signs to take from this game so
1: no i think coming into the game we coming into the season i think i i certainly thought rice was a better team than southern miss um and would be at this juncture if for nothing else because of a new head coach on the road um and then yeah. coming into the game i think we both were kind of of the opinion that this was a game rice should win and watching the game there was at no point did i really think I, I, you know after they got out to that lead and they the the missed field goal for southern miss at halftime it was yeah. the perfect sequence that didn't happen uh, against houston where right the, the momentum swing rice comes out and even with the kickoff return that Southern miss got in the third quarter, um, it was still, what 24 to 14 after that kick return, Mm -hmm. there was still enough breathing room and the defense was playing well enough at that point that I was like, okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I still felt like rice was going to win and they did. And Hey, how about a shout out for the absolutely excellent coaching and decision making in the final sequence? Um, Rises up 24 to 17, has it deep in their own end. There's 14 seconds left, I think. Um, taking the intentional safety there is a brilliant move. Uh, and also I think I think they held on purpose to prevent okay, the. Block. I saw
1: that too, because yeah. flags were like it was three or four flags right across the the line of scrimmage. Uh and that was my guess. I I it looked like they were told. Hey, hold the pass rushers and don't let them get to the punter.
0: Because the result of a hold on that play is a safety, but it doesn't
1: matter because you took the safety anyway. Well, and they were out of the end zone, I think. Yeah. The O-line, just barely. Um, but still, what, what are they? What are you going to do? Like, yeah. accept the penalty and make them do it again?
0: So now, instead of punting out of your own end zone and possibly getting blocked, which tied the game up right there, or or gives you an unintentional safety at best. Um, and then potentially giving it back to the offense at like the 40 yard line with four, with two shots at the end zone. Probably you burn that time off the clock. So they only have one play left after the free kick. You get much better field position to force them to go essentially have to do a hail Mary rather than, than or at least a very difficult hail or, er, not even a Hail Mary. Like you can get a Hail Mary yeah. from the 40. You're not doing it from the the minus 35. Um uh, so I thought that was a perfect sequence of 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 decision making on the part of the coaching staff.
1: Yeah, I think that was good. And then uh, how do we how do we feel about the the quarterback situation for Southern Miss? Obviously they go into the game and we talked about with their backup quarterback Ty Keys he gets knocked out after the first series of the game and they go to, uh, you know, Ty keys was the, the guy that was committed to Will Hall at Tulane and decided to follow him to Southern miss, you know, kind of raw, obviously, but, uh, his first start being just a week ago. Right. Um, but getting knocked out early and then they go to, uh, their third stringer, Jake Lange, was not supposed to play this season. Um, period, and then he's thrown in the game, and Rice kind of feasts. Uh, Tykees did have an interception in his three attempts, so he wasn't perfect by any means. But um, do we kind of discount this defensive performance to some degree because of the level of opponent? Um,
0: um, I think you would have definitely liked to see a better performance against a third-string quarterback. Um, but
1: 23 of 37, 304 yards. He had that one touchdown we talked about and three picks.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. It is what it is. Like he's was not exactly a, a world beating passer. I would say, um, so I don't know that I feel like it would have been a whole lot different, even if they had not knocked him out. So um, I think I don't that's know.
1: fair. And I, I think it's interesting from what I've seen from how the Rice Secretary has kind of played things, at least this year, they've kind of been uh, conservative. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, it's it's felt like there's been some underneath uh, routes and uh, combinations that they've kind of allowed to um, open up uh, rather than play aggressive and make a mistake they've kind of given the four or five yards six yard out that stop route things like that um which i think is going to naturally inflate some passing numbers just right from a, a yeah. statistic perspective um, and I, I think that kind of I think we saw that come to bite them against uh Houston, uh, because Clayton Toon was very, very good, especially on those third and longs with that maybe looser coverage. Um, but if you don't have a Clayton Toon performance where the quarterback, you know, is particularly efficient, um I I think we've seen enough here that they rice can can make things happen with that kind of style of defense. Especially yeah, I mean, especially if,
0: especially if the pass rush is going to continue to be as good as it was, like, you know, if you put that kind of coverage behind uh, a, a really aggressive pass rush that's making the – getting the quarterback all jumpy, then, then things are going to turn out pretty okay. And like, speaking of that Houston loss, like, uh, they just treated Tulsa with uh, a previously feisty Tulsa team uh, – to basically the same score they did against Rice. So uh, in, that loss was never going to feel good, but it's maybe not looking as
1: bad as we felt about it at the time. So... Yeah, no, Arkansas and Texas have gone out and just routed people. So... Yeah, yeah. Silver lining? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I, I, I think altogether, we that, that is reassuring. Uh, that the non-conference schedule was as uh, is, is hard and as difficult as we thought it would be. Um, so there's that bit. And I, I think also, you know, Rice didn't have this quarterback situation before right. the Texas set the game. I'm not saying that changes things. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I think as far as after the... Uh, what the Texas game we there were a lot of strides that we needed to see this team take before they got to the bye week yeah um, and I think we needed to see the defense bounce back which we kind of thought they would do um, and they did I think four interceptions and five sacks I don't really care who the opponent is yeah that, that was was a sign the... that something works
0: well and after generally not being impressive against Texas Southern like they weren't perfect against Southern Miss, but they were facing better competition and they stepped up their game a lot. So
1: Saw a little bit be... more miles McCord in this one. Yep, uh, He came down with, he had one of the interceptions I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to keep track of who got one interception. <laughs> Many of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so that was nice. Yeah. So we had to see the defense bounce back check um, again, one offensive t- touchdown surrendered. Um, which is what you're supposed to do when you play a bad offense. Like, yep. So check um, the offense. I think we needed to see that they could uh, be productive, sustain drives and create big place. Um, how about this? Uh, fresh off an interception. Uh, Trey Patterson takes reverse 38 yards to the house. Yeah. So how's that, that for was, an explosive? Oh, play? it was perfect.
0: Yeah. Like that sequence that, Um, Long drive for a touchdown to start the half, get an interception, immediately run in the next, uh, like on the next play, you get Patterson on a reverse. And I feel like they've been trying to get a big play off of a reverse to a guy like him or or Cam Montgomery or Zane Mm -hmm. Knight for ages, and they finally had it work.
1: So yeah, how many 9-second to touchdown drives have we how many 9-second scoring drives of any have we seen from this offense? Not that so was, much. That was pretty good. Um
0: now that was slightly ruined by the immediate following kickoff return touchdown, but like that sequence of those like three of the of that two drives for Rice one for Southern Miss was about as good of, as I felt about Rice football. Um well, I was going to say in a long time, but I guess since the Marshall game is probably.
1: since uh, Yeah.
0: <laughs> and hey, that was on both sides of the
1: ball. The Marshall game was really just defense. So one offensive touchdown in that game for Rice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think th- those two questions ha- have been answered. I I, I I don't think Rice has a top three offense in Conference USA, but I think it's top half. Yeah, I think, um, I think they're there. And if we see Jake Constantine um you know make make some strides then they could they could crap top crap crack top 5ish um which shoot like like we said going into the season if you can get there on offense you you should be golden cuz i still think this is a top 5 defense
0: yeah i mean and like we said the said over and over again the gap between teams in this conference is not big enough that anyone can't beat anyone and i think that is True across the board this year, like, UTEP looks better.
1: Um, Middle Tennessee busted up Marshall.
0: Yeah. Um, UTSA obviously has gotten all the press and, and seems to be playing really well this year, but, like, they just struggled with a bad UNLV team.
1: Yeah, so, and, and they are, when Rice is going to be home... They're going to be playing at Western Kentucky next week.
0: Yeah, they get to enjoy the Bailey Zappi show next week and all that, like, high flying air raid, all that that entitles on the road. And then they have to turn around and come back and play Rice playing Stanford ball. Uh, So it's not going to be a fun couple of weeks for UTSA just off coming off a game in which they, you know, they're still looking great, but a game in which they were not playing their best. So uh obviously UTSA will be probably pretty heavily favored in 2 weeks, but uh you you could not tell me that Rice had, that Rice does not have a, a chance of winning that game. Like I think there is that is plenty of reason to think that they can win that one. Um and then yeah. at UAB the week after that, like it's a tough stretch coming up. But Hey, uh, you know, we, like you said, we wanted to see them take several strides on both sides of the ball after the Texas game. Um, they've definitely taken steps. There's definitely still farther to go on both sides of the ball, but we're getting there. You have a week to get healthy, and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. And I mean, getting healthy, yeah, how much. Can be attributed to the fact that uh, TreShaun Chamberlain was back on the field for oh so nice for, for this game, and he had a he had a play. This was in practice because uh, he's wearing a, a cast on his on his arm, and uh, he had a play where um he cut across the middle and jumped a route and just stole it out of the air with one hand. Um, I was like, okay, so cast or not, he he's back still. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> so I, I think yeah, that was good. that was huge. I, I think. If we're looking at terms of, of who else we could see, uh, we might. you mentioned August Pete. Uh, I think Kenneth Orgy could be a guy uh, that Rice gets back. Trey Schumann um, has been just beat up a little bit here and there. I think he could get back. Um, you know, There's a couple other guys that might have a chance of seeing more of. Uh, and I think it, just at the point where we got to this point last year and it was like, well, uh, Miles McCord is the only guy left in the secondary the only one, and uh Jake Bailey is the only wide receiver. So the fact that, like, we have Jake Bailey and plus the entire secondary, <laughs> it's already a net gain from where they've been.
0: Well, and they're starting to get more, like, starting to get tight ends involved and stuff. Like, I think Jack Bradley, like, had... How many career catches did he have coming in to... uh
1: Coming into Saturday. I mean, it probably was like... It, it did, I think he caught three in the opener against Middle Tennessee last year. And then had maybe one or two grabs the rest of the season. Like, so,
0: coming into probably this...
1: definitely sub-eight.
0: Coming into this year, he had four career catches.
1: Okay. And so I, I,
0: I, I think he actually had none after. Or maybe he caught two in two in the the middle Tennessee game and then one after last year, but he had three total catches last year. And then he had five this year coming into last night or coming into Saturday and had five on Saturday. So he has 14 career catches now over a third of which came Saturday against Southern
1: Miss. Yeah, I think it was, it was two against middle Tennessee last year, but one of them was that long touchdown. Grab. Yeah, there we go. Um, which I remember I was like, man, they should throw the ball to him more. And now they are, (laughs) which is nice. Uh, But, yeah, we saw, hey, we saw Robert French uh, catch his first Rice touchdown. Um, Jordan Myers is always on the field, so I don't know if he counts as a tight end anymore. But Bradley was out (laughs) on the field. Jagger Bull has been doing some blocking. It's been a lot of Rice has spread the ball. And we've seen like four uh, air quotes receiver sets with two tight ends. And uh, it's working. Um, I think we got to give some credit, and we haven't really talked larger scheme things. Uh, but the influence that Marquis Tua Sopo has had on this offense um, can Notice only be described yeah. as a net positive. Like it, it yeah, feels definitely. a lot different. Um, so I'll take it.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm, it's happy, weird to I'm
1: say, happy that we get to go into the bye with the smile, feeling good.
0: Like you subtract the FCS game, and Rice has scored uh, what. 20, 48 total points in four games against the FBS teams, which is not great. I realize, but just watching what's happened, it's been very easy to see the positive influence that he's had on this offense. And I think as we get into conference play, that's just going to grow more and more apparent. And again, yeah, hopefully, I- like fingers crossed as they get, they get healthier. Like, please, please.
1: Who, who, what,
0: what, what pagan god do I have to pray to to get August Pete healthy?
1: Yeah, can you imagine how just terrifying the uh, the front seven would have been if uh, DeBraylen Carroll was part of that on Saturday? Oh, jeez! <laughs> like Elijah they got, Garcia, they got five sacks with no
0: DeBraylen Carroll.
1: Yeah, not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Or orgy. Yeah. Piercy's having a good year. A lot of guys on the front seven are stepping up.
0: Like, hey, I mean, if you told me that Rice would told me at the beginning of August that Rice would lose Jake Bate, lose Brad Rosner um, more or less for the season, we'll see if he's back. But it's not going to be it's going to be a while. And lose to Braylon Carroll for the season, and I don't know, they'd be two and three going into the bye and. Feel pretty good. Oh, and that they'd play three quarterbacks by now. And
1: not least, just play, start,
0: start, yeah, start,
1: three quarterbacks.
0: start three quarterbacks and like be on, like have settled on, okay, the third guy is the guy.
1: Um, <laughs> And there was a moment as we, <laughs> there was a moment in this game where Jake Constantine took a hit. Uh, The guy was oh, called yeah, for, for targeting and he went down on the field and
0: it did not look good.
1: No, it didn't. And the first thing was running through my head was just not again. Like, how how many times does Rice have to lose quarterbacks? At this point, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah. But he popped back right in the game. I think Luke McCaffrey was in for that series and actually threw his first pass as a uh, whatever we want to call the we don't have yeah, the, a name for the McCaffrey what, running the, package,
0: the change quarterback, whatever he is. Um which, again, like, they didn't use him a ton in that role, but he was pretty effective when they had him in there, had some good runs. So, whatever. Yeah, Rice
1: only had one red zone possession. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I was kind of looking through because I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I didn't expect that we see a ton of McCaffrey, but we didn't see, you know, hardly much at all. Um, and that's because they scored from 39s out, 39 yards out on their first touchdown. Um they had uh, the the said Patterson thirty eight yard touchdown run. It was the Robert French pass um, that came from nineteen out. Um, so and that was as, as close as they got to the end zone without going in. So a bit different, but I mean you'll take it. I I, I again I I haven't didn't really have any issues with the quarterback usage in this game. No, not uh, at all. I, I think it was fine. If you're gonna play two guys, I think the way they did it was kind of. As responsible as it could be, and it it worked. I mean, you won the game, you got 24 points. Like, this
0: is what, if you were going to play two guys, and I get that they were, like, competing between Wiley and and McCaffrey those first couple of weeks, but, like, if you're going to play two quarterbacks, like, this is the way you need to do it. And the way they've done it these two weeks is, like, that's how it has to work. So, if it keeps working, then it... Keeps working, and we'll we'll happily stick with it.
1: Yeah, that. So far, so good. At, at least as far as the Constantine McCaffrey duo. Clean up the special teams. <laughs> Other than that,
0: they have special my teams get list health, is a lot less get a lot short. Yeah.
1: yeah, get get healthy and clean up the special teams, and that's that's really my only ask for the next two weeks. Yeah which is a shorter list than I thought we might have a month ago. (laughs) But what do we know? We try.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, all right. I think that's it for us this week. Uh, Happy to go a little longer than we have been to talk about a win. Uh, We will probably be back in some form next week. We're not quite sure what that's going to look like yet before, uh, after the bye week, but uh, we'll see y'all then. We are, uh, as we just figured out, closing in our, on our 100th episode of the Roost Podcast. This was 94, so uh, thanks to those of you that have stuck with us and listened. We'll uh, keep going through this season. Uh, guess probably hit 100 sometime in November, and uh, it's been fun. Thanks for sticking with us, y'all, and rice Tight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.